Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is John. I serve as a pastor here at Access, and I'm really uh, glad to be able to join you today. I wanted to start our message with a question. When's the last time you leaped for joy? Like, literally, you were so overjoyed that your feet left the ground. Or maybe you're not the jumping type. So internally, let's say your heart had like little legs, you metaphorically jumped for joy. My guess is that for a lot of us, that's a hard question to answer because maybe it's been a long time since we felt that much joy and for good reason. Right now, um, there are a lot of things kind of weighing us down. There is the weight of so much uncertainty. There is the weight of this pandemic. There is the weight of world issues and politics. There's a weight of our own personal failings and disappointments. And it can make jumping for joy right now really, really challenging. I get that. And yet, I think that's why we need Advent. Advent is a season uh, in the life of the church where we're invited and challenged to rediscover God's hope and God's peace and God's joy. And that's what I want to talk about today, joy, as we continue our series, Advent Prayers. And our teachers this morning will be some uh, unexpected folks, an older woman, a mother, her baby, and of course, Jesus. So let's pray. God, thank you for this morning that we can still worship you. Um, you are God and we acknowledge you and we ask you to speak to us this morning. Help us have ears to hear and hearts to receive your word. In your name we pray, amen. Well, our text this morning comes from Luke chapter one, verse 39 to 47. But before we read that, I want to briefly talk about the passage that comes right before it. Uh, and it's a section of scripture that most of us are very, very familiar with. In Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38, the angel Gabriel appears to the Virgin Mary and makes a mind-blowing announcement. He tells her, God has chosen you to give birth to God's very own son, Jesus. And he tells her that this child will be, quote, great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The implications are obvious and incredible. This child is the savior which the Old Testament prophets had foretold thousands of years ago. And this savior would come to save the world. And Mary was to be his mother. Well, Mary's astounding response to this announcement is, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Well, one other thing. Mary has a relative named Elizabeth, uh, an older woman who was childless. And in the midst of this announcement to Mary, the angel also adds this quick, like, by the way. By the way, Elizabeth and her husband, Zachariah, are going to have a child in their old age. So that's the setup. That's what's happening before we read our text this morning. 
So let's begin at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Keep in mind, by this time, Elizabeth was already six months pregnant. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So there's that phrase, leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary had just received impossible news. I mean, there was no precedent for it. She was going to conceive God's child. Now, you and I know that under normal circumstances, birth announcements are like the stuff of large parties, of confetti, of cakes, of family and friends gathering and celebrating, of posting on social media. Um, actually, just recently, a friend of mine had a baby, and he was noticing how all of his posts on social media about his baby were getting tons of likes and attention, way more than his usual posts about the Astros and some of the books he was reading. And I thought, well, of course, because we love to celebrate these milestones. But Mary's situation was quite different. This wasn't the kind of thing one would blast on social media or even tell others about. You know, how would she explain that she, as a virgin, was now pregnant with God's child? People would think she was crazy. So she must have felt very isolated and alone in this, with no one besides her husband to share with, except for maybe one other person, Elizabeth, her relative. The angel, remember, had told her that Elizabeth had experienced a miracle of her own, not quite at the level of virgin birth, but a miracle nonetheless. Elizabeth's advanced age made it improbable, if not impossible, for her to conceive. But with God, everything is possible. Elizabeth was the one person she could possibly share with. And if there was anyone who might understand, who might not judge, and who might actually believe her, it would be Elizabeth. So Mary goes running to Elizabeth's house, house seeking support. Uh, validation, maybe just seeking someone to talk with. And Elizabeth confirms all that Mary has heard and more. Listen again to what Elizabeth says. She says, it says, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what it says in verse 41. Uh, Elizabeth confirms all these things at once. Elizabeth, one, Elizabeth knew that Mary was pregnant. 
was, was pregnant. Two, Elizabeth knew that this baby was no ordinary baby, referring to this baby as my Lord. Third, Elizabeth confirms that she herself is pregnant, just as the angel had said, um, and she could feel her baby leap for joy. And fourth, Elizabeth affirms Mary, calling her blessed. Blessed are you for believing. How could Elizabeth have known all these things except by the Lord? And it's like all at once, Mary now knows that she's not crazy, that God truly has chosen her, that she didn't just have some wild dream. And she realizes that her story is now going to be the opening chapter of the Christmas story. This is good news. And Mary now finally feels joy welling up inside her. And she launches into this joyous song of praise. We call this the Magnificat, uh, Mary's hymn of praise. It's a joyous expression of worship and faith. Listen to this, starting in verse 46. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And so this wonderful vignette has so much to teach us about joy. And it's not just Mary who teaches us, it's the other characters in this narrative as well. And so I want to highlight five insights that the characters in this narrative teach us about Advent joy. So first, Elizabeth shows us that Advent joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Verse 41 tells us that, tells us that Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, bursts into this joyful affirmation, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. You see, the Holy Spirit gives birth the joy in the lives of God's people. That's why the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and the like. And like all the fruit of the Spirit, it's not about forcing oneself to become more joy joyful, you know, as if we like clench our teeth and we just will ourselves, I'm going to be more joyful today. No, that's not how it works. Rather, we place our attention on being attuned to the Spirit of God in our life. And as we walk in step with the Spirit of God, as we walk with God's Spirit, joy begins to follow. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit of God filling our lives. So pay attention to the Spirit of God during this Advent season. Pay attention to God's Spirit all around you and joy will surely follow. Secondly, Elizabeth's baby, who would grow to become John the Baptist, reminds us that Advent joy is childlike and spontaneous. 
he hears the sound of Mary's voice and leaps for joy. Clearly, no one taught that little baby that. It was natural. It was spontaneous. The simple sound of a friend's voice, that's all it took. And the baby uh, responded with leaping for joy. Um, Our twins have this uh, phrase that's brimming with joy. It's the phrase, ah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, Anytime we tell them uh, any good news or really any news at all, they will often respond with, oh, I'm so excited. So I'll be like, hey, twins, we're going to Florida. Ah, I'm so excited. Hey, guys, we're, we're going to Galveston. Ah, I'm so excited. Hey, guys, we're, uh, we're going to the city. And in our household, we call the city anywhere that's outside Sugarland. Ah, I'm so excited. Hey, guys, we're going to drink hot chocolate tonight. Ah, I'm so excited. I love it when they say this. And uh, I wonder, I wonder and I know that this will not last forever. Eventually, as they get older, that joyful, childlike instinct will give way to uh, an apathetic yawn, complaining, or cynicism. Uh, I wonder how does that degrade and how do we lose that? Uh, Kids, if you're listening to this, I want to tell you to hang on to that joy as long as you can, as long as you can. You know, never give up that sense of wonder and joy. As a parent, I'm grateful to have a front row seat to spontaneous joy because it encourages me, it nourishes me, and teaches me about God's joy. Parents of young ones, I know these days of work from home and watching kids and all this stuff, these days are exhausting. And maybe joy is the last thing that you are feeling right now. But I encourage you to see your little ones as experts in joy who have something to teach you and offer you. Uh, Those of us who aren't parents or are empty nesters, may I encourage you to seek out opportunities to be around little ones, if possible. And I know that comes with more noise, dirt, and smells but it also comes with a large heaping of joy. Advent joy is about being childlike, appreciating the small traces of joy, a smile from a neighbor, a beautiful day, a rainbow, a kind word, a delicious bite of food, a drive into the city. Third, Mary teaches us that cultivating Advent joy is often a process. In some ways, this balances out what I just said about joy being spontaneous and childlike. We're often told that there is joy uh, awaiting us to be experienced and known. But sometimes, maybe oftentimes, we don't feel it. You know, we're trying to believe, but the heart doesn't quite follow. It is slower. And it may take friends, it may take community to speak a word of truth to help us see a different perspective in order for joy to be unlocked. In fact, I often think the Holy Spirit uses community to help unlock joy for us. I think Mary needed Elizabeth. Mary had accepted the angels and news with a faith and obedience that were simply amazing. I mean, I'm inspired every time I read about it. But it doesn't mean she had to feel good about it. But I think that as Elizabeth spoke truth to her, as 
she confirmed these things. Mary's incredible faith and obedience were joined by incredible joy. Just look at the difference between what Mary first says to the angel when she hears the news and then what she says after hearing Elizabeth's affirmation. First, she says to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. That's like serious and it's solemn. Now look at what she says after she hears Elizabeth's encouragement. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. That is joy. Often joy is cultivated as we press into the discomfort of a situation and we stay at it and we don't turn away because it takes time for joy to be experienced. I know many of you this past year have been pressing into God's heart for racial justice. You've begun a journey that is emotionally uh, draining and at times extremely uncomfortable to confront. But know this, in our pursuit of justice, unity, and peace, there is joy to be cultivated. Yes, there's lament, there's sorrow, righteous anger, but there's also joy because God's joy serves to protect us from bitterness and cynicism. Fourth, Mary challenges us to see that Advent joy is meant to turn into worship. The Holy Spirit inspires joy and joy inspires worship. Mary recognized that her joy ultimately came from God, the giver of all that is good and true, and her song of praise really focuses the attention on God. Advent joy isn't meant to stop at just making us happy. It's meant to turn our eyes heavenwards so that our joy causes us to glorify and worship God. And fifth and finally, there's Jesus, who at this point in the story is just a tiny, tiny embryo. Without saying a word or doing a thing, Jesus reminds us that Advent joy is all about him. Because of Christ, we know that peace and healing and forgiveness and love and second chances and justice and righteousness and reconciliation and joy are coming to this world. Friends, we've been through the ringer this year, haven't we? And I think many of us are searching and longing for joy, for more joy in our lives. And maybe we're searching for that joy in the news of a vaccine. Maybe we're searching for joy as uh, we are looking for the end of this uh, winter semester and the start of winter break. Maybe we're looking for joy in a new season of politics. Maybe we're looking for joy online, hoping to meet someone special. Maybe we're looking for joy at what we're expecting to be under the Christmas tree. But whatever it might be, whatever it is, this Advent season reminds us that we are meant to find joy in Christ Jesus. He is our ultimate joy. And so may we join with Mary in saying and praying to God, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices 
in God, my Savior. I'd like to give us just a moment of space um, to reflect with God, just a moment of quiet to ask, what is God saying to you this morning? What does God want you to know? Would you join with me in saying our sending prayer together? Loving God, through all our years, let the church be a community where we learn about love and practice it, where we envision peace and work to build it, where we meet partners in faith who wish to abandon everything that cheapens our discipleship, where we discover gifts and offer them. May your spirit guide us towards joy and generosity in Jesus' name in the way of Jesus. Amen. Friends, thanks so much for joining with us today. Please come back next week and invite our friend because it will be our Christmas Sunday, and I hope you'll join us. Blessings.